and welcome to this week's Scottish Educators Connect podcast with me, Anita. And me, James. Last week, we were joined by the fabulous Hannah, who shared her teacher leadership journey with us. And as a fellow Scottish Educators Connect member, it was great to hear about the impact that Scottish Educators Connect is having on her practice as a classroom practitioner. This week, we continue in the same vein with another Scottish Educators Connect member. Hello there, Pamela. Hello, James. Hello, Anita. Hi, Pamela, and thank you for joining us. We know that it is a really big ask to to request that you folks who join us on the Monday night come and join us on the podcast. However, I found it really inspiring getting to know more about our Scottish Educators Connect members, and we do really appreciate you taking a leap and joining us. For our listeners, can you tell us who are you, what do you do, and what are your interests? Certainly, yes. Uh, so my name is Pamela McMahon and I'm a primary one teacher at the moment. I teach in, in Glasgow. P1! <laughs> it's amazing. It's my first year in P1. To be fair, yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's, you know, I've not been teaching for all that long. So, you know, most things are firsts. Um, but oh my gosh, it's amazing. I love it. I love it. And my interests... Um, Outside of school, I like a bit of gardening. I've got to that age where, you know, Friday night's all about Monty Dawn and <laughs> Saturday mornings are all about the mud. Um, and a wee bit of going to the gym, although I talk about that more than I do it. <laughs> oh, thank you, Pamela. Um, you've been with us for a wee bit now. And um, can you tell us what drew you to Scottish Educators Connect? And what do you see are the benefits of Scottish Educators Connect as a professional development community for you? Oh, well, I was a lurker for a long time, actually. So I, I kind of loitered about on, on Twitter and I came across it, actually, because I was looking for things on play because I knew I was going into primary one at that point. Um, and you were doing the book groups during lockdown and things. And I wasn't ever able to go because they were always in the days when I was working in the hub. So I, I never joined in at that time. But I, I kind of just lurked about. And then by the time I was able to go, we were coming into the new term. And I thought, oh, gosh, it's about leadership. And as I said there, I'm really a new teacher. So I kind of went, oh, I just don't know. This is going to be dreadful. <laughs> but I thought, well, I'm kind of committed now. I'll just go and I'll not say anything and it'll be fine. <laughs> but it's been such a gift, honestly. It, it's been such a wonderful um, group to be part of. And I feel like I've just gained a huge big pile of mentors and I don't know them. I could walk past them in the street. And I, would, <laughs> I don't know these people, but I, I feel, I, you know, that there's a tremendous amount of support and, and almost affection between people who really often haven't met in real life, but it's such a welcoming open group and the learning that is there, you know, hearing people that, that are so much further on in their leadership journey than I am expressing you know, their vulnerabilities and their doubts about themselves and, and just talking so honestly. And, and it, it's been a real eye opener and really, really helpful to me in school. You know, it, it has helped me be a bit braver, definitely. You know, I I've, I've feel things that I've acted on already, you know, from, you know, from being part of that group. So I've, I've just loved it. Thank you, Pamela. I love um, two things about what you've just said there. First of all, that you were a lurker. First of all, we've got quite a few of those, don't we, James? <laughs> yeah, quite a few lurkers. 
<laughs> I like that. And the second thing is when you said that um, you could walk past them in the street and you might not even know them. You could not walk past James and not know him. <laughs> I was a bit worried there because I was thinking, I was thinking, my goodness, like, obviously, Anita and I have talked about this in podcast previously. We haven't actually met each other face to face in person either. And I do <laughs> wonder, imagine we ended up walking past the street and just went, you look familiar. <laughs> good pals now James I mess with people are having the worst days <laughs> and do you know it's, oh. it's quite strange I think it's it's like it's like you're almost living in like a um in some you know different realm and you've striked up this friendship and and, the, and this mentorship that you were talking about there as well Pamela yes. where you've built this connection with people and yeah, I think it's an absolute gift of the genuine friendship, the genuine compassion and care that people have felt for one another, particularly in this book that has meant that we've opened up who we are and really tried to dig into that sense of vulnerability. Yeah, it's felt very personal, you know, and I think lots of people have reflected on that, that, you know, you come on for professional learning, but actually the personal journey, you know, particularly in this book, I guess, has to come first of all, you know, and, and, and it has been, and people have been so open about that. And, and it, it's been a really comfortable place to share that. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I feel all warm and fuzzy now. Right, Pamela, <laughs> you've alluded to your teacher journey a little bit and you're now in primary one but I know from being a lurker on your Twitter account that you've got a past outside of education as well so can yeah. you share your professional journey so far? Yes yes well I will it, it sounds like you know it's a really long journey to go not very far in some ways <laughs> because I so I, I, I started off, I went to Edinburgh University and I, I studied psychology there. And then after that, I did the, the PGCE as it was um, at that time. And I um, started my probationary year in, let me think, 1999. And I finished it in 2019. So that's 20 years. There should be like some sort of prize for that. <laughs> <laughs> because I at the time when I was a probationer you actually needed to do two years of probationary service and I only did one before ah. my career took me on a little bit of a, a detour um so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that I, I started off in a wee tiny rural school in deepest darkest South Lanarkshire where and I stayed in, in a wee place called Curlook at the time and I still lived with my parents I was 23 and I traveled out to this wee school um, with just two classes and um, I absolutely loved it. I had primary four, five, six and seven and the other teacher had P1, two and three and um, it was just glorious. It was it was such a lovely year and I really, really enjoyed it. But I had a kind of inkling at the time that I really wanted to take the psychology a bit further and, and I toyed with maybe educational psychology or maybe clinical psychology and I just wasn't sure. And by complete chance, uh, an opportunity came up at York Hill Hospital. They were looking for an assistant psychologist to work with children. And I thought, well, do you know what? This is a chance to test that. And no harm will be done by taking a year out at this time in my life to go and do that. If I come back into teaching and decide that that's what I want to do, this will be hugely beneficial. You know, I, I could see no downside to it. And 
so after a year, I, I kind of put the brakes on the teaching, said, I'm going to take this temporary post for a year and I'll see what happened. And, and the, what happened was that I never went back. And <laughs> I, I know, I don't, it, it was kind of accidental. <laughs> it was a 20 year accident. And that's not to say that I didn't love it because I, I then went and I did my clinical psychology training. I did my doctorate and then I worked in the NHS for about 14 years, um, mainly in services for children and adults with learning disabilities and uh, laterally with adults with autism who, who you know, covered the, the full range of people with learning disabilities to people who were university professors and doctors and all the rest of it. So it's been, it's been an amazing career and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but as my own children were born and I started finding myself back in school a little bit more, I started to get a hankering and I think I got nostalgic at first. Um, and I just kept looking at it going, oh, I miss that. That looks so lovely. And I would hear their stories about their days and just go, oh, you know, I, I just really want to do that again. And I felt so attracted to it. Um, and as my own career progressed and I, you know, was promoted to a consultant psychologist, what, you know, what that actually means, as it does in many professions, is that you're not on the cold face as much anymore. And you spend an awful lot more time going to meetings than you do working with people um, or the people that you, you intended to, you know, to work directly with. And I just, I started to want something a little bit more practical. So there were lots of pulls back towards the classroom and back towards teaching for me. For a long time, though, what, what I lacked was the push because it's really hard actually to move out of a job that you enjoy that is a permanent post with a good wage and you've got a family and a mortgage and all the rest of it. And just to go, oh, by the way, I've left <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to do something that I'm not even fully qualified to do. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so um, it took a long time for me to, to get to that point where I thought, do you know what? Now's the time. Now I'm going to do this. And actually, this book for me has come so much at the right time. Um, because I can reflect back on it now after the event in a slightly different way. And and I, you know, the push out of psychology for me was working in a way where I felt relationships had become dictated by the clock, which often happens in NHS services. You know, you're run by your waiting lists, your appointment times, all the rest of it. And I thought that's not really what I want to do anymore. And that became a little bit of a push out. And then a few other things happened, just, you know, family circumstances, you know, parents died. Um, I became ill for a little while and I went part time and that meant a change of team. And all these things just were really unsettling. And sometimes when you're unsettled, as horrible as it is, it actually makes it easier to make a change, mm -hmm. you know, because you, you feel well. Something needs to happen here to make this better. And so if I'm going to make a change, do you know what? I may as well just go the whole hog and, and, and make a really big change. And, and so that's what happened. Um, I, first of all, did some voluntary work for a while and I, I loved it. Voluntary work's not the same as teaching, but it gave me a wee bit of a flavour that, you know, I, I could still like it. <laughs> it, was, you know, it wasn't quite as, you know, dreamy as, as, as um, you know, I worried that I might be be thinking about it all and remembering it through rose-tinted glasses. Um, I then went and enrolled in the Return to Teaching course, uh, ah, which yeah. was 
yeah, which I went to the did the one at Strathclyde um, University, which was just amazing. And I I began that really unsure, and by the time I'd finished it, twelve weeks later, the decision was made, and we just had some wonderful speakers and some speakers who have spoken. So Gillian Hamilton. Yes, <laughs> came along to talk to us there, and and you know, lot, hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots. So it was just fantastic. So um, that was a really big turning point in thinking. Do you know what? This is something that I can do, and and I want to do it. And so then I applied for um, my GTC registration, and they came back with the number of days that I had to do. So I was back as a flex unit probationer. And I was really lucky um, that Glasgow City Council agreed to to take me on and offered me a really good school. And I was in the same school. I managed to complete all of the days there um, in the same school. And I'm still there <laughs> two years later. So I'm, I'm now out of that for, for two years. Um, but it was the most challenging time <laughs> of, of my life, actually. I I love it. And I have never ever regretted it but it has been hard work and yeah. hard learning yep <laughs> I am um, I was really looking forward to hearing your answer to that question Pamela because you've alluded to your role um, in health and and sort of entering education and then coming back through and just as you were talking there I was making so many connections with with what we've been looking at particularly over the last few weeks around about that sense of leaning into that true sense of vulnerability and pushing yourself um, Absolutely. You know, out with that comfort zone. And it just sounds like um, there was so much, and I can see where you're making those reflections mm. with the book as you're thinking about a, a time yeah. of, of huge change for you. Totally. And I mean, I, I moved from a situation where, you know, I was, I was working at a fairly senior level. I was a leader in teams. I, you know, I, I was someone that people would phone when they had a question about a case and things like that and I you know I felt you know you enjoy that having that kind of knowledge and it becomes very much part of who you are you know I if, if I don't know how to answer the question for you I'll find out and I know who to ask <laughs> and I mm -hmm. walked into this school building on the first day and I was like I don't know anything nobody even showed me where the toilets were <laughs> and, and my colleagues were lovely they were yeah. absolutely lovely but I, I spent such a long time feeling lost and I also joined midterm so I, mm -hmm. I joined in the middle isn't it yeah, I joined midterm and um, so everything's already up and running. I didn't have any in service days or anything. And I, and I just remember feeling, you know, almost stripped of who I was. It was the most raw mm -hmm. sense of having to start again that I have ever experienced. And, and it was incredibly challenging. And and I, I look back on it now and I go, it really was, you know, absolute vulnerability and there was there was no certainty in it you know and, and I, I look back at that now and I think you know in, in the Brené Brown book she she quotes Roosevelt and says you know the emotions that you experience during times of uncertainty risk and emotional exposure and that was me I had no idea how this would work out you know I, I was there on a temporary contract I was being assessed because I had to you know pass this probationary period and I was utterly utterly terrified I was raw <laughs> and and I kept crying and that <laughs> that was really awful my 
my poor mentor who I just honestly I just adore her and you know she's she's become a really good friend and she was so supportive but she's 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 not somebody who who likes people you know crying at her and every time she looked at me and if I had a good day I cried and if I had a bad day I cried (laughs) (laughs) so and I think it was just I was so completely overwhelmed and now I look back on it and I think it has just been such an amazing thing to kind of actually really make you go every day I would go in and go why are you here why are you Mm -hmm. here what what is this for and it was all about the children and I I just I loved and I relished and I still do that you know the the real connections that you can make the real relationships the fact that you get to build on that day after day after day after day um I just, you know, it's been fantastic. And and I just tried to keep that at the core of what I was doing. And the fact that people were talking about resources and I didn't know what they were, never mind where they were. <laughs> um, and, you know, there was so much learning to do. But the learning came and the learning has continued to come and the mistakes came and the mistakes have continued to come. But the heart of what I wanted to do, you know, to work with these children and to support them to learn and and to feel safe and to feel secure and feel connected got me through that year and mm. and carries me now while I still make the mistakes and lose the resources. <laughs> I think it's a real a real testament to the power of working with children. I think that yeah. people like you and like James and like everybody who's joined Scottish Educators Connect they just, I think we get so much for ourselves in what yes. we do with children that it makes all of it worth it, worth it. You know, this past year for everybody has been so challenging, so strange, so weird. And I've been brought to the brink a few times this term where I've been like, why am I here? What am I doing? And then, you know, the wee one in nursery who comes into my lap and touches my hair and says, I love you. It like literally crashes the wall right down. And you you think, you're why I'm here. It's you. And and yeah, oh, I just loved hearing your journey there, Pamela. I'm feeling a bit emotional, guys. Oh, well, you know, you're really, you're doing really well that I'm not crying because every time (laughs) up till now, Honestly, every time I talk about it, wait till I tell you my story. So at the end of my probationary year and I had my, my job interview, you know, you know, for the pool jobs yeah. and things. And I went in and did the interview and I was really, I was very nervous. And, you know, I've I've had umpteen job interviews in my life, but this one mattered, it mattered mm-hmm. so much. And um, I was so nervous, but I got through it and I thought, well, that was okay. And they got to the end bit where they said, is there anything else that you want to say? And and I had, I guess, one of my first brave moments where I thought, I kind of need to tell them a little bit about my background and why I'm at this point. And I told them, you know, just maybe not quite so, so many words, but a little bit about why I was there and, you know, why I'd made the change and how much I loved working with children. And then I cried in my job interview. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> oh, but no, really. And um, I went back to the school and I said to my long-suffering mentor, I said, she said, how did it go? And I went, oh, Elspeth, I cried. And she was like, no. 
did. <laughs> but you know, it didn't do me any harm. Actually, no. I think I think I I cried amongst friends. Actually, <laughs> were mm-hmm. um, they were on my team. It was fine. <laughs> so. I think, uh, and just I suppose before I move on to the next question, I just think as well that. You know, I'd give, uh, I'd, I'd give a lot to have somebody with your experience as part of, as part of the team I work mm-hmm. in, because I think as we're supporting um, children, young people, and adults with a range um, of of mental health needs, and mm-hmm. um, I think having that expertise that you've brought in terms of your clinical psychology will be a real asset. So I'm sure, I'm sure as much as you're tapping and asking about resources. I'm sure you're a real great resource for mm. the others in your team. So um, I think that's something to to, to hold dear. <laughs> and um, we've been looking at values and really digging deep into values-based practice as a tool for improvement in relationships and work. And you talked a bit before around about the sense of relationship building and development in, in your previous roles and, and in your current role. And if you had to only choose two values, what would they be and why? Okay. Um, oh, it took me a long time. I think lots of people have said that, isn't it? I think yeah, she said in the, the book. Yeah, that's the stock phrase. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I was reading, when I read in the book, you know, she said, most people will end up with 10. And I was like, I looked at my list and I counted them at 22. <laughs> I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's not working then <laughs> so it's taken me a long time to to go through this process but it's been a really helpful process actually um I got it down to two and the first one is wholeheartedness um and I chose that um after a lot of looking at lots of other ones like love and and things that, that I then decided maybe came underneath um underneath that I also, you know, I put some underneath it that at first I felt a little bit surprised at myself that when I chose, you know, because there are values in it, things like ambition and achievement. And and I was sharing this actually in one of the wee breakout groups the other day. And I, when I first started to go, oh, but that does matter to me. I thought, oh, you know, that's quite interesting. That wasn't really something that I expected to, to come out. When I, I dug down into that a little bit more, I thought, Do you know what it is? It, it's really just about wanting to go home at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of my career and say, Do you know what? I, I gave it everything I had <laughs> and, and not, you know, how much you achieve with that in some ways is neither here nor there if you know you have done your utmost and your very best. And so I think you know, the ambition and the achievement and all the other things that come under that actually come from just that that desire to have offered everything that I can give, to be open to learning um, and to be able to, to honestly say at the end of it, well, do you know what, I did my best and I, I've thrown myself into it with enthusiasm. And, and I think I'm still quite lucky in a sense and that because I'm fairly new, people still tolerate the enthusiasm. They kind of go, oh, look at her, <laughs> she'll learn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was my first one. Um, the second one, I, I chose connection for that one. And, and I guess that's for the reasons that I've really outlined here, just the, the importance of being able to have the relationships with the children and I, um, and, and with their families. And, you know, working with families was a huge part of my previous job and something that I really had 
enjoyed. I felt it was a real privilege to to almost work into someone's family and and you know be trusted with you know with very important or very difficult things that were happening to them. Um, so you know th those connections with families and with children and with colleagues are so important to me and I have just loved and and I think in a way I've been I've been quite surprised by the strength of feeling that I have for the children for the strength of feeling that they show to me and I, I've often said I don't know whether I I I just don't remember that from the first time that I was teaching or whether it's just because I'm coming at it you know at a different place in my life but I am constantly you know surprised by the way that they outpour <laughs> their love and affection for you, how open it is and how, you know, how honest it is. And and actually that the loveliness of being able to show that back, which in my old job, in many ways as a psychologist, you're, in, you're slightly discouraged from, <laughs> you know, not, you know, you don't form those, those bonds in that way with people. Um, and, and it's, um, it's just so wonderful to be, to, you know, as you say, to hear little ones coming up and say, I love you. And just thinking, you know, you make my heart overflow. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's lovely. Especially in primary one. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just, they're just, and this year, they're just, they're just like wee babies and they're just in here all over it. And I, they're just gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, I love it. You should try and get down to the nursery. You know, you'd love it. Love. I'm sure I would. Actually. Yes, I'm sure I would. It's like primary one meals, but like times a million. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm sure it would be amazing. I'd love that. <laughs> Maybe once all this COVID stuff's over, yeah. I'll be able to do that. Yeah. yeah. So, Pamela, you've mentioned a little bit at the start about what joining Scottish Educators Connect has been like for you. What has changed in your practice as a result of coming along to our our Monday night book meets? Oh, so that's a, it is a trickier one for me, I think, mm. because you know a lot of the people who've been speaking are are in clear leadership roles and things. Um, I guess what has changed for me is that. I've reclaimed, it's interesting that you said, you know, James, about, you know, the, the, the kind of skills that, that I bring from my past career, because actually I think in some ways, particularly in the first year when I was doing my probationary service and maybe even to an extent last year, I kind of squashed those down again. I forgot yeah. that I could do that because I was so busy just with the business of coping <laughs> and getting through and managing to write a good lesson plan and deliver it when somebody was watching <laughs> that that I almost forgot the other things that I could bring and I think I had started to reclaim a little bit of that to think do you know I know a little bit about this or, or mm -hmm. here's the way I would approach that and and bring a little bit of that back in again and and I think being part of the the book group has made me just a little bit braver in, in being able to do that again. So again, you know, for particular children where, you know, there might be additional challenges or things, you know, to be able to suggest ideas that, you know, perhaps other people won't initially like or be on board with, but reason it out, you know, and, and put my point of view across. And I, I feel a little bit less hidden 
I think I, I spent a long time in that first year trying not to be noticed just so that I could get through. <laughs> you know, please just let me pass <laughs> and then I'll keep working. <laughs> I'll keep working and I'll get better afterwards, but please just let me pass. <laughs> I need to pass this year. And, and now, you know, it's this real opportunity now to, to actually build on that. And, and also to think about myself as a leader again, because I was a leader in my previous job. And mm-hmm. it's been really encouraging, actually, to, to speak to the other people in Scottish Educators Connect, to hear their journeys and, you know, how different some of the routes are that people take to where they go is, is so interesting and so encouraging. And, and just to hear their words about, you know, it's not always about the knowing, you know, the knowing lots of stuff about the curriculum, the having lots and lots and lots of teaching experience under your belt is fantastic but it's not the only skill in leadership and and there are other skills that I bring to that from my previous career and from what I've learned you know and from the experience of just coming in the way that I did that that I can bring to this now and I'm trying to be just that little bit braver in in moving forward a little bit and and I think in some ways it must be I it, the really funny thing is that I'd never ever had any conversations with anybody in the staff team whatsoever about would I want ever to progress would I ever go for a, for a promoted post and and I think perhaps the assumption for a lot of people was that well I'd done that in my previous career and I, I probably wanted to teach and and not to think about that and maybe that's the way that I felt when I when I started and that's changing now and mm-hmm. and I think, you know, there have been conversations over the last few weeks about, you know, would, would you consider going for that? You know, would we put you forward for this course that's for leadership? And I think, you know, there's something really nice about that because maybe people are recognising a wee shift in me <laughs> that, yeah. that's come, you know, that's that's come in that as well. So, yeah, it's it's been fantastic, I think. But it is, it's just about being that wee bit braver and putting myself forward a wee bit more and staying true, being prepared to stand up for, you know, for what really matters. One of the things that um, I, I realized only, only over probably the past 12 to 18 months about my experience in education is that I came in to education, always feeling very lucky that I'd even made it past high school, let alone made it through university (laughs) and a probation year. (laughs) into my own classroom that was mine and I could shut the door and these these little brains were mine and uh, I always just have felt so grateful and privileged to have that role but a new passion of mine has been in professional learning and supporting other adults and I found that in my own experience of nursery just how much joy you can get in supporting other adult professional learning as well um, I think you'd have loads to give other adults in education schools. Oh, well, that's lovely of you to say. <laughs> but I mean, the, the the most important bit for me, you know, remains that just that I just love working with these wings. And, and I, I have so many <laughs> moments where I, I catch myself. And I think it's what you said. It's how much you get from it. And I, and I have truly had so many moments where I catch myself and I just go, I am so happy 
<laughs> I'm so happy at my work. And and that's that's a such a privileged position to be in. Mm -hmm. Such a privileged position to be in, to be able to go and, and feel that you just love what you do is is it such a gift. I'm uh, I'm I'm getting the major feels for it just now as well. I've obviously See? been back in school a couple of weeks and um yeah, it's just that shift again. I'm skipping into work and 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 feeling ready and raring for the day ahead. And yeah, I just absolutely echoing the the wonders of of our children. And I was tweeting a few a few absolute brilliant comments that kids made today, and just uh, just that warming sense that uh, no matter whether they're three or or much bigger, um, just that richness and that connection that they give, and um what we do during the uh, podcasts over the last few weeks you've um no doubt heard Pamela we've asked the practitioners to sort of summarize the group discussion for for that week and we've talked quite a bit around about this sense of um vulnerability and rumbling with it and Brené talks about this sense of of rumbling and and rumbling starters that we can have in terms of conversations and that's what this um, section was on. You've also um, got the podcast where we had our first week of our break-off groups. Um, so for the listeners, it would just be great to hear a bit around about a sort of uh, a sort of short summary around about the discussion points that week and, and how the how that worked because you alluded to the break-off groups earlier. I did, yes. I the the break-off groups have been really lovely. Actually, I really enjoyed them. Um, it, it's mm. been because the group is about 30 people, you know, at the moment, there there are times when, you know, even when you are, you know, when I am having a brave day and I think, you know what, I could I could speak to that. I would like to speak to that. It's busy. You know, there's there's a lot of people, you know, wanting to, to share and, and, and to say things. And sometimes you don't always get the chance or you think, oh, I'd like to ask that person more about that. But the moment goes. Um, the wee breakout groups where it's three or four of you, are just lovely. It's lovely to have that little bit of time. And and I think people are particularly honest and open in there about, you know, sharing sometimes quite difficult experiences that they've had or a situation that where they're almost feeling a wee bit stuck and and think, you know, I wonder what people would think about that. And it's it's a really wonderful thing to have that opportunity to do with people, you know, from other local authorities, from other schools who just have different ideas to pull to it, but who actually are also incredibly supportive. Um, and we, we've we talked in those about, the, you know, the tools that you do use and the, the tools that you use to open up and, and start difficult conversations and also the ones that, that just make you go, oh, no, please go away. <laughs> Tell me no more. <laughs> and um, so, so that's been really interesting is, is hearing just the ways that 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 people in in Scotland mainly you know working in Scottish schools have have used or adapted the the kind of openers that Brenny Brown's talking about. So you know, just I wonder if you know the, the kind of really open language of you know the reflective language, trying to get people to to start a conversation or summarising what you've just heard somebody say to you. These were these were the two that I think the group that I was in really kind of ran with. Um, 
we did we did comment a little bit that some of the the language in the book is very American, and and we just think mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you know what that those words are not happening in Drum Chapel where I am. <laughs> painting it done. <laughs> that's the one painting it done we don't paint it done no <laughs> and um it, it's kind of that you know the, so there are moments of real humor when you look at it together and you just and everybody's like yeah yeah i'm not doing that <laughs> that's not there um but it, it's been really interesting just to hear people who've had to do that recently and and again that that did make me for me that was going back to my past career with you know difficult conversations were what I did that that was my job um which in some ways again made me reflect you know in that group of going it's amazing how difficult it's become to have one now when I used to do it for a living <laughs> and, um, uh, you know so I, I think you know there's huge reflections on how you know you have to be and I'm tipping into someone else's week now I guess but you have to be ready for these conversations you have to be in the right place and your ability to be vulnerable and to have these difficult chats with people fluctuates. It's a dynamic thing. You know, it, it, it does depend on how you are, how they are, what the situation is and how capable and able you are to do that varies hour by hour, day by day and career by career, it seems. So. Yeah. Sorry. It's them always... I find it really interesting exploring the tough conversations and kind of how to model that appropriately in school. And I always have this, um, I say it's a running joke, but it's not. It's my partner guffawing at me all the time because she's a police officer. So for her, you get told what to do and you do it. And if you don't do it, you're getting your arse kicked for not doing And she always says to me, whenever I have, you know, an issue or a conversation or something that's that's happened that I want to talk about and I want to think it through and I want to reflect on it. And I have like tried to have these conversations with her and she's like, I just don't know why teachers live in like a fairyland with like flowers and unicorn dust, like just tell people. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) (laughs) you have to have a real sort of an understanding of of people and relationships but I think for leadership to really work in schools you have to care not just about the children but you have to really care about your colleagues even if you disagree and I think when you don't care for your colleagues then the tough conversations are never going to work because they're never going to feel like they're coming from a place of care. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think that was something that we we very much said. It's everything is harder if there's not some sort of relationship there yeah. to build on. Everything is harder. Pamela, thank you so much. I always revel in hearing how our wee group is having a positive impact both in the classroom, on children and on professionals' experiences. And I always end these these podcast episodes. And I said it, and people must think it's part of the script, James. I say it at the end of every one. <laughs> I feel like I know you better now. You know, I feel like I feel like we can go into Monday's book group and I'm going to be thinking, 
Oh, I really know. I really know about Pamela now. I love that. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It's It's been lots of fun and I've really enjoyed it. And I'm so delighted. I was so delighted to be asked. It's really lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. No, and uh, yeah, definitely. You know, we have the wee pep talk a few minutes beforehand and we get the sort of stock phrase of, oh, you know, a little bit nervy, uh, you know, bricking it. But I'm so pleased to hear that you've joined the club of actually, I've really enjoyed it, which is uh, which is great. <laughs> Um, next week we are going to be following in the same pattern as we speak with another Scottish Educators Connect member Audrey Buchanan and her leadership journey thank you to those of you for tuning in at home you can find out more at scottisheducatorsconnect.com or scottedconnect and when I say there, you can tune in at home. I know that many of you are tuning in on the commute as well. And Anita is wonderfully able to just continue um, plugging those tweets and being able to, to get us at the drive times, which is, which is great. There's lots of folks joining um, all over the country in those places too. So until next time, see you later on. Bye, Anita. Bye, Pamela. James. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,